0: Is real. There's power in your name, we find hope. We trust in your ways, we need. Jesus is real. Because God loves to use people. God loves to partner with people to change the world. God could intervene in everything apart from people, but all through your Bible, you find that God uses people. God chose Noah. He chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He chose a donkey. He chose all these people because God likes to partner with people to change the world. That's God's favorite way of doing it.
1: Pastor Daniel shares a great truth today. God loves to partner with people. God could do so much on his own. He's God after all. However, God chooses to use the people he created to do things here on earth. God can use anyone to move the kingdom of heaven forward. Each person has been uniquely equipped by God to be used to share God's love and mercy with the world. Only you can serve God the way he designed you to. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message. Let's back up.
0: For Moses, he was stretched out so much that God needed to employ leaders. And God likes that kind of stuff. I mean, think about Jesus. When Jesus came, Jesus could have done everything himself, but he still grabbed 12 apostles. Did Jesus need the apostles? He did, actually. Because God loves to use people. God loves to partner with people to change the world. God could intervene in everything apart from people, but all through your Bible, you find that God uses people. God chose Noah. He chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He chose a donkey. He chose all these people. Because God likes to partner with people to change the world. That's God's favorite way of doing it. And God doesn't want just to use one person mightily. He wants to use a lot of people mightily. And uniquely. And I ask you, my friends, are you willing to be a person who God can tap on the shoulder and say, come on. Are you willing to say, God, will you make me a wise and understanding and knowledgeable person that I may bless and lead your people. You know what? I believe God wants every single one of us to be knowledgeable, wise, and understanding that we might lead people. I know some of you right now are like, psh, ain't no way. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because God never chooses the smartest or the strongest or the best looking. Well, no, sometimes he chooses the best looking. That always goes bad. Do you remember the first king of Israel, right? Do you remember Saul? Saul was handsome and tall. And he was a total train wreck. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a good looking person, it's not a negative thing. I'm not, I'm not like good looking shaming people or something. You know? But the idea is, is God is looking for available people who are humble enough to say, God, you can use me despite me, and I'm game for it. And I believe for so many of us, we've skirted the amount of, God can't use me. I mean, I'm messed up. I don't have it together and all this stuff. And we're saying it's all about what we're not as opposed to who God is. And you can imagine these heads of the tribes being like, man, I can't be like Moses. Moses no, I'm going to put my spirit in you. You're going to be like how I want you to be. So my prayer is that for each one of us, we would step into that place where we could be available to be used by God. That we would say, just the way I rely on people to help me get through, I'm going to be someone that other people can rely on. To help them get through. Something powerful happens when we can take that step And it's beautiful because really what goes on here is that these leaders are appointed and Moses ends up taking the hardest cases. The cases that they don't know what to do, they bring it to Moses. And then Moses is like, okay, I'll get involved in that one. Because it was a division of labor. There was a lot of people. And I mean, they have people who are leading hundreds and fifties. and There's all these different people. Now, in verse 19, we are reminded again that the children of Israel do not want to enter the promised land. And and this is a recapitulation again of what we saw in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Look at what it says in verse 19. So we departed from Horeb or Mount Sinai and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord your God is giving you. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. Verse 22. And every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up and of the cities into which we shall come. The plan pleased me well. So I took twelve of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went into the mountains and came to the valley of Eskol and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord your God is giving us. Verse 26, Nevertheless, you would not go up, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us. He brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you. According to all that he did to you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pinch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night, and in the cloud by day. Think about what he's saying here. He's saying, look, God let us out. We showed up at Kadesh Barnea. We're right there. God has given us this land. And everyone sees the land like the Lord has given us a good land. Now, notice that. God has given us a good land. See, I think oftentimes we forget that God is a good God and he loves his kids and he wants to bless his kids. And God's gifts for you are not lousy. I think one of the things that we, that Satan does in the hearts of people who want to follow God, he says, listen, if you really go wholehearted after God, he's going to mess your life up. Like you're like, you have like a fear of spiders. And you're like, well, if I follow God, he's going to make me be a missionary in a place that's got the biggest spiders in the world, because God just waiting, like, oh yeah, just follow me, really. Just follow me, and I'm going to mess your world up. We do this as single people in regards to a spouse. You're like, well, i got to choose my own spouse, because if God chooses my spouse, he's going to give me a person who loves the Bible who's a total dork. And I ain't going to be seen with no dork for the rest of my life. And so we choose our own spouse... And we end up with someone who isn't a dork and all you wish your whole life is that you had a dork. You're like, I just want someone who actually really loves Jesus. I got this really great, good-looking person and they don't love Jesus. And all they do is they love themselves and they look in the mirror all day long and say, "Ah." And they spend all our money to get their wrinkles put away because they have to look beautiful for, or whatever. Now again, I'm not knocking if you're beautiful. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is we think that if we devote our hearts to God, he wants to do us dirty. He wants to get over on us and have fun making sport of our lives. And that is just not the heart of God. See, God knows what's better for me than I know what's better for me. See, God realizes not only who I am now, but who I am becoming. He knows the potential that He's placed in my life, and He knows what He wants to do. And God, because He is the Alpha and the Omega, my life happens linearly, but God's already seen it all, and He knows what He wants to accomplish. He's saying, I know what's better for you, because I know how this is all going to play out. And God isn't like, look, follow me so that I can ruin your life. He's like, follow me, and I'm going to bless you, and things that you never realized would be a blessing will become the greatest gifts that I ever give you. And if you look back over your life of following God, don't you find that? That God's blessings come in the weirdest ways. That God, the greatest tragedies of your life, have within them some of God's greatest blessings. I'll be honest with you, I've learned more from my failures than I have from my victories. Because in the midst of my failures, God reveals something in my life. Shows me who He is. Shows me His redemption. Shows me his, my radical need for Him. Shows me that He knows what's going on more than I could ever know. God wants to bring us into a good land. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God wants to not lead you into desolation? But he wants to lead you into blessing. God's greatest blessing is not the circumstances. You have to know that. God's blessing is his presence in the circumstances. See, remember in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul and Silas are in a Philippian jail. And they're having a worship service in a Philippian jail and they're worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden there's an earthquake, and all the doors open. Now you can imagine, if you were Paul and Silas, and all the doors open of the prison, you're running out the doors, right? You're like, I'm out. Did Paul and Silas leave? No. They they stayed. Why? Because God wanted to save a Philippian jailer and his family. They're like, this is the best place to be in the whole world. I can leave. I don't want to leave. Why? Because the presence of God was there. See, the children of Israel have forgotten that God promised them that he was going to be with them. And he promised them that he was going to go before them. And sure, the people were big. The descendants of Anakim were there, which were these giants. And the cities were huge cities. They were up to heavens. And the fruit was so big, they couldn't, like, carry the fruit back. They needed to put it on a pole. Like, you know what it's like? You go to a farmer's market, you buy, like, a peach. You buy the peach, you stick it in your bucket. Or you put it in a little bag. Imagine if you, like, you go to the farmer's market, and you have to, like, get, like, a whole truck to get the one peach home. You have to be like, what'd you buy the, you know, elephantitis of the peach for, you know? I bought an $80 peach. I mean, the thing, I took up the whole car. But literally, the fruit is so big, they gotta, two guys got to put it on this thing, and they're carrying it. It's like, what kind of fruit was there? And they didn't, it's a good land. They know it's good. They see it, and they don't realize. They're like, we can't go in there. We are too small. What do we have? We're little. We're nobody. But they forgot that their God is big. And God's given them the land. And so what do they decide? They decide not to go in. And notice what they're saying. They're saying, look, what happened was, is we got discouraged. Now listen, those 12 spies went in. Out of the 12 spies, everybody agreed it was an amazing land. Ten people said, don't go. And two people said, we should go. Because God is with us. Now listen, do you have people who live in the land of no in your life? If you do, don't listen to them. Because our Bibles say that in Christ, everything is what? Yes and amen. When you have doubters in your life, don't listen to them. People who doubt God. Why would you want to follow the advice of someone who doesn't believe in the God of the all possible? In some ways, partially because I'm stubborn and I'm from New Jersey, every time someone tells me something can't happen, I just do it. Because there's that part of me that's like, well, you don't believe God? Well, I'll show you. I'll never forget when I was in New Jersey, I planted a church. They told me, don't go to New, you don't plant a church in New Jersey. Went to, you know. And then I remember I was in New Jersey and I had this church and I was turning it over and like, where are you going? I'm going back to Marin County, California. You know, like, well, dude, that's, that's like the black hole for churches. We'll never hear from you again. Like, it was like the Venus flytrap or something. Like, you go in there, you never come out again. And like, when people would say it to me, there's I'm always like, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe God's not in this. And then it's like, no, 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 God's telling me to go there. God wants to do a work there. And if you listen to all the doubters who don't believe God, who don't believe that God wants to partner with you to change the world, that God wants to do extraordinary things and he uses ordinary people, then you'll constantly never step into what God has for you. And if you're one of those people right now who you are the naysayer, stop it. Who are you to say what God can and can't do? Amen. Oftentimes the most discouraging things come from the people who are supposed to love God. The people who are supposed to believe that God can do anything. When someone comes and says, I believe God's calling me to preach the gospel. You can't preach the gospel. I mean, who are you? I heard that. I'd be like, man, if you're going to preach the gospel, you better get a haircut. You better get, like, help. Help. And don't get me wrong, I do need a lot of help, but you know what I mean? It's like, you guys pray for me, amen? Amen. Praise God. But literally, too many of us listen to the doubters. Listen to the people who don't believe God, don't trust God. You make your decisions based on somebody's lack of faith rather than what God wants to do. God always invites us to do something that is beyond our abilities. You know why? Because it's not us living a natural life. It's natural people living a supernatural life. And God wants to, us to step into things that are way bigger, but there's always someone who say, don't do it. You can't do it. Oh, God's not in that. I mean, God would never call you, of all people. And you get discouraged that way. Don't listen to the discouraging people. If you're surrounded by discouraging people, tune them out. And know you should say to them when they're being be like, you know, you're like the ten spies who didn't believe God they died in the wilderness (laughs) oh Lord okay we're going to move on (laughs) I'm not saying that you should hope that they die in the wilderness but they do need to know the outcome of their actions but listen the wages of sin is death listen I believe some of us right now we've been really discouraging to people you need to go back and apologize say look I'm sorry I was wrong. I could tell you stories all night of all the people who God used mightily who people told him not to do it. I'll give you one quick story, real quick. How many of you ever heard of the place Vanuatu? Vanuatu is an island by Australia. And Vanuatu for the last about eight years has been voted the most beautiful place to live in the world. Literally, if you travel magazine, most beautiful place to live in the world, Vanuatu is always on the list. Now, you know what's amazing about Vanuatu? You go back about 130 years, you know who lived on Vanuatu? Cannibals. People who ate people. (laughs) Doesn't sound beautiful to me. I actually want my arms and my legs to be attached to my body and not part of your digestive system, you know. And there was a man named John G. Patton. And John G. Patton was this guy who God was using mightily in this place, in the place that he lived, it was in England, and he would get all the street kids and he'd bring them all together and he'd teach them Sunday school. And everyone first told him, you can't teach Sunday school to these street kids. What could they learn? And he was literally, he had like three, four hundred that he was getting together, he was building them up. Right? So they told him he couldn't do that. He hears about these two missionaries who try and go to, back then it was called the New Hebrides, that was the name of it. These missionaries tried to go there and literally people on the boat watched in horror as these missionaries hit the shore and they were clubbed to death by the people who lived there and eaten. Right? And so John G. Patton sees and all of a sudden he starts praying for what is now Vanuatu. And he believes that God is calling him to go to Vanuatu. And he goes to the elder of his church. One of them, he says, I believe God's calling me to the New Hebrides. And this wise, distinguished elder said, you'll be eaten by cannibals. He's saying, they're going to eat you. And you know what John G. Patton says to this elder? He says, Mr. I forget what his name was, Mr. So-and-so, you are well advanced in years. And at some point, your body is going to be eaten by worms. And if your body is eaten by worms and mine by cannibals, Jesus will be able to raise both up in a glorious body at the resurrection. Now that's kind of like a snotty thing to tell a guy, right? And you can read this. It's called John G. Patton, missionary to the New Hebrides. His story is amazing because he goes to the New Hebrides. And guess what? They never eat him. And he, over a long period of time, sees a revival. And then, at one point, he decided to come back. And other people told him, you should have stayed there. See, every decision this guy makes, somebody who loves Jesus says, you're doing the wrong thing. And now, 150 years later, it's the most beautiful place to live in the world. Because one guy believed That God wanted to do the impossible. And everybody along the way told him he was out of his mind. Don't believe the doubters, the haters, the naysayers, the people who believe that God can only do what you can see. That completely is antithetical to the Christian message. The message that we believe is that God can bring life out of death. That God could take what is deader than a doornail and raise it up to newness of life. That God could take what is absolutely atrocious and not only forgive it, but redeem it and use it for good. That's the God of the Bible. And too many of us have bought into the God of common sense. And too many of us advise people In the name of Jesus to walk by sight and not by faith. And I believe that the church is impotent and weak because of it. There's too much, if I can see it, it will happen. If it makes sense with my intellect, it could happen. And that's not the gospel. See, the 12 spies all saw the same thing, but they interpreted the data differently. 10 said it's a good land it's too good for us we can never take it and 2 said it's a good land and it's too good for us and we can never take it but God has given it to us so let's go and what's amazing is is out of those 12 as you well know actually let's read the penalty look what it says verse 34 And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath saying, verse 35, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. And to him and his children, I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. The Lord was also angry with me, Moses is saying, for your sakes, even you shall not go there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones and your children, who you say will be victims, who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there. To them I will give it. And they shall possess it. But as for you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. Verse 41 Then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight just as the Lord God commanded us. And when every one of you had girded on his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And the Lord said to me, Tell them, do not go up nor fight, for I am not among them, lest you be defeated. Before your enemies. So I spoke to you, yet you would not listen. Jesus is real.
1: Pastor Daniel today encouraged us to take a deeper look at our journey with God thus far. He also reminded us that God has great things planned for us, that we can choose to use his goodness in the past as a catalyst to move forward in faith.
0: Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. One of the things that I'm the most stoked about is that this year we launched a brand new campus in southwest Portland. We would love to invite everyone to come and join Crossroads Southwest Portland on Sunday is at 10 a.m. We're growing, and honestly, not just in Southwest Portland, but all over the country and the world as people join us at our online campus, 9, 11, and 1 p.m. or Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on our online campus, CrossroadsLive.tv. Now here's Josh with what's coming up on our next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.
1: Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel brings us to the refresher course on the Israelites' desert wanderings. As we journey again with the Israelites through this time, we'll see God's power and might, but also his love and mercy. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series, Refresh. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.